Winnipeg probably couldn't be happier that the All-Star break is now upon us and the Jets have around a week and a half off. Obviously, Winnipeg is going to be doing some practices and stuff while some of the top stars enjoy time in Toronto. But what can the Jets expect when they come back? Are they ready to go? We'll find out on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more because right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets if you bet a, a $5 on, you know, some sort of a win or something. Whatever it is, all you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started right now. Now, like I said, Winnipeg obviously uh, is rolling into the All-Star break with a, a rough patch recently. Things have not been all that great. Let's be honest, it's it's uh, it's not been ideal. Like the Jets' form over the last few weeks has started to dip pretty noticeably. And I'm not going to sit here and say that this is like the previous January collapse. It's not. I think a lot of this has, by and large, been driven by injuries and fatigue starting to set in, right? Now, I, I think the Jets, uh, look, this is a quality team, and I think every team at some point goes through a period like this. And the Jets are no different. But I think for Winnipeg, you know, the biggest thing is kind of getting back to the basics and, uh, of course, making sure that they're staying committed to uh, Bones' system and, you know, uh, back-checking aggressively, being, uh, you know, defensively well, well-structured, keeping to that sort of structure and making sure that when you're creating offense, you're not giving away too many cheap chances. But I think aside from that, right, like the Jets are still practicing that. I still think, you know, for the most part at even strength, they're trying to do a lot of what they did before at the start of the year. I just feel like there's a big difference when you're going from Mark Shifley to Nemesnikov, Tenonato, Kupari, and Lowry as your centers. And that's not really a slight on them so much as, as it is just a really big statement of how important Mark Shifley has been, perhaps, you know, maybe in a more underrated, under the radar sort of way. Uh, Mark is definitely our clear number one C. He's been our first line center for a while. And when you lose that, you lose uh, quite a bit of offensive edge. And I think for this team, we know that at, at, at full strength, roughly speaking, this team is still, still elite, right? So the squad has plenty of firepower, especially when it's healthy. But when it's not, you know, depending on where you have injuries, if it's that wing, Winnipeg has a bit more depth to spare there. But when it comes to the centers, they just don't quite have the, the firepower to cope. So obviously that's been a point of contention as a major trade thing. And we'll talk about one particular trade target that might be a little bit cheaper than expected uh, later in this episode. But for the meantime, right, Winnipeg's probably going to be doing some shopping. I think the reality is, you know, there's not going to be many players that are readily available on the market that are going to satisfy what Winnipeg needs. But that means that the Jets might also be uh, really aggressively looking, and that could be to Winnipeg's benefit, right? 
when the Jets have gone for big trades in the past that weren't really being talked about, targets that no one was really thinking about, Winnipeg came away with guys like Stastny, Niederreiter, uh, Nemesnikov. You know, I don't really think that these were players anyone expected the Jets to actually trade for, and yet here they are. And, you know, in, in one capacity or another, they've been really instrumental over the last few years in Winnipeg's, you know, success. Obviously, Vlad and, and Niederreiter a little more recently than Stastny, but all the same, I think when you see these underrated trades and stuff, you know, the Jets come away with some really quality players. And let's not forget the DeMello trade. You brought a pretty cheap acquisition that has paid absolute dividends for Winnipeg. And, you know, DeMello has become one of our mainstay top four defenders. So, you know, that that generally gives me a level of confidence when it comes to trade deadline shopping that the Jets are going to get somebody pretty decent. I don't know who yet, and I'm not really going to uh, think about it too much until we start getting closer because I feel like the Jets might try and bank some cap space ahead of time. I, I think Winnipeg has been making some roster moves to sort of uh, get the ball rolling there. And we'll talk about one move in particular that I think is not going to be super popular with the fan base, but perhaps isn't as consequential as it's been made out to be. We'll get to that in a little bit. But like I said, you know, for the most part, the Jets are, are really just needing this time to rest and recuperate. And I think this is a great time for, uh, the guys to practice on a couple of things. I think the, the special teams has to be a primary focus because the power play has continued to be horrendous. Uh, it, it's it's had moments where it's looked better, right? But it's, it's usually when the Jets create chaos of a rebound. If Winnipeg is in possession and the PK diamond is structured and set up, Winnipeg still looks much like the same power play it's had for a while now, which is just a bad one. Honestly, I don't know if it could possibly get much worse. This is one of the worst Jets power plays Winnipeg has ever had, uh, which is saying something because we've seen some really bad ones over the past few years. But this unit in particular is just reaching uh, a real bottom of the barrel of, you know, approach. And that's, for me, really crazy to consider that this team has as many wins as it does with a power play that is this bad. So credit to Hellebuck and the 5v5 offense. They've done enough to mask some of Winnipeg's really bad special teams, but you can only get away with that for so long. And thankfully, look, that doesn't always uh, shape the destiny of the playoff runs, but I do think that is something that Winnipeg desperately needs to sort out ahead of the restart to the season next week. Uh, you know, some teams are still playing right now, but for the Jets, this is practice time. It's really a critical moment for the Jets to kind of sort out what on earth is going on with the odd man advantage because the Jets just can't keep going 0 for like 5 every game. I mean, it's really unacceptable. This team has way too much talent to have a power play that does not move, that does not have the right off-the-puck movement, and that isn't creating any sort of real danger. The Jets definitely have the finishers and definitely have the talent to make more out of it. So the fact that they're not is crazy. You know, more often than not, when you see the Jets actually score on the power play, it's like the second unit just simplifying the approach, getting the puck to the net, finding a bit of a greasy angle, and capitalizing. I don't think the Jets need to do anything crazy. Just have like a league average power play. That's all we're asking for. And that would be a huge improvement over what we're seeing. But you've heard me talk about it a lot of the time. It still hasn't really improved. So I don't know if it's even worth me really getting annoyed by it or whatever, because it might not change this year. I don't know. All I know is that the power play definitely is a big sore spot, and it's got to be the area of focus during this period of rest while the Jets are slowly getting everyone back to full strength and prepared for the final 35 to 40 games of the season. But it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, we can only sort of throw our hands up uh, and, and sort of just hope that the coaching staff figures it out. If they do, the Jets are suddenly really, really, really scary towards the end of the year. But 
Until then, the Jets remain still a really quality team, but one that probably has to make a trade, uh, even you know, with the context of how the roster is built, just to have a power play that's improved. If they can fix that internally, even before trades, that'd be fantastic. But you know, obviously, a top end acquisition would naturally uh, increase the shooting percentage. At least I hope it does, because the power play can't get much worse than this. Now, I did just mention earlier and sort of allude to a couple of things, one of them being that a, a relatively popular prospect, prospect, Declan Chisholm, has been waived and, in fact, has been claimed. And a lot of you have probably taken to Twitter and social media and had some thoughts about it. We'll break down why this is or isn't necessarily the worst thing ever. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your vehicle alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your vehicle into the MVP and bring home the victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply, eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about a couple of different things, the Jets limping into the All-Star break, players being claimed, uh, maybe even a little bit of hope for a cheaper uh, trade deadline rental than people were expecting. But for Winnipeg, obviously, they just lost a player, and it is something of a slight fan favorite prospect, maybe not one that's like the most flashiest player, uh, perhaps, you know, not the most exciting name, but a guy that I think a lot of folks were potentially thinking could slide into Winnipeg's top four defense uh, of the future. We'll talk about Declan Chisholm and why his departure may not be the worst thing, but also has some opportunity cost associated with it in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to let you know about a really cool thing the Locked On Network has done. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, the Jets, uh, they lost Declan Chisholm after waving him yesterday. Guess who claimed it? Uh, Lord, it's the Minnesota Wild. Now, the Wild obviously have been dealing with a bit of an injury crisis lately, and if you look at their defense, you could argue that Chisel might be an upgrade. I think the whole thing with Declan is that we don't really know what he is yet. I think we have some idea at the AHL level, which is somebody that's offensively very gifted. Uh, you can see it in the, in the way that he has very confident, strong edge work. He can get into space effectively, you know, near the faceoff circles. He's got a great shot a really sharp eye for passing lanes, and does a lot of the stuff that you'd want an attacking-minded blue liner to do. With that, though, has sort of come a couple of issues, especially on the defensive side. For one, I feel like his man-marking and stuff, it's it's okay. It's not great. I feel like for the most part, what you're asking of him is to be more of the puck mover and a more aggressively-minded supporting attacker than it is a defensive presence. Because in his own end, you're, you're more likely to see him occasionally miss his man-markings not really seal off passing and shooting lanes all that effectively. 
he'll do it okay or at a passable level, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've associated with Pionk is kind of what you get with, with Chisel. Now, as a draft pick, and especially a later round draft pick, that's a steal of a deal, right? You really can't go wrong with an NHLer who could potentially fill in as a quality attacking-minded third-pairing guy, and I, I think Chisholm may very well develop into that. Now, I say he may very well develop into that because we don't know. He's only had a few NHL games, and while he's shown well in those games, we also don't have enough of a sample size to really be upset by his departure yet. I'll say this, though, right? I think the principal reason that people have been so angry, and perhaps justifiably so under the right context, is that Logan Stanley is still here, right? But I think when you look at teams out there and how people often talk about Stanley, there's a couple of different mindsets. Either the Jets are sticking with Stanley because it's a bit of a sunk cost fallacy. They've invested all this draft capital into him. It didn't really pan out. They're still trying to salvage him. Or the Jets genuinely know that he is, in the right trade, a legitimate trade piece. And if that's the case and they want to keep him, 100% understand. All that said, losing Chisholm on waivers is kind of a situation where you're like, well, we never really got to see what Chisholm was like. We didn't really get to see him actually get into the lineup all that much. And, you know, he does need playing time. So in that respect, I think it makes sense for him to uh, get claimed by another team. I, I, I think he's been chomping at the bits to get into the lineup and probably feels frustrated that the Jets have not been uh, perhaps as accommodating as he'd hoped, right? And I think from my perspective, I personally would have liked to see him get more ice time. All that said, I don't think I'm losing that much sleep over his departure. I think the very clear reality or like the very possible reality is that Chisholm is back on the moose in a few weeks after the wild kind of realize he's not that much of an upgrade on what they already have. So, you know, for me, I, I guess the central crux of the problem comes down to what Winnipeg has had to give up to keep Stanley. We've seen guys like Kov uh, and or Kovacevic and uh, Chisholm depart. We've seen some draft picks and capital spent on Stanley's pick. And so, you know, for me, the value that they've put into Stanley, uh, Kovacevic doing well for the Habs definitely is a little bit of a uh, bit of a bitter pill for the Jets. But, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, you're still talking ostensibly about, like, third-pairing defenders for the most part. And I think with Chisholm getting waived, we know that Heinola is definitely, like, going to be the number six or number seven. There's zero question that Billy has had among most of the prospect the, the strongest camp. In preseason, he looked like the guy. He was actually on the verge of taking um, Nate Schmidt's spot until, you know, his injury. So, Maybe he kind of slides back into the lineup and gives the Jets, you know, that extra bit of offensive boost. But I feel like with Chisholm, I'm just not upset about his departure. I, I would have anticipated being upset some time ago, but I feel like with how the Jets are this year and how the defense has generally played, I don't really lose a lot of sleep about it. And I say this as somebody who's very much on the asset management trade or train, be smart about it. Don't lose assets for nothing, especially when you're giving up assets to protect others and don't put yourself in a really stupid position. But here, I just don't care that much. I think I think that's kind of the end result. And I don't think that Jets fans should really be losing that much sleep over this anyways. You know, all told, we probably see Chisholm return to the Jets organization in a few weeks. He goes down to the moose. It's like it never even happened. So if he does happen to stick it out with the Wild, great for him, I guess. You know, that would be nice. It'd be cool to see him actually get ice time because he's probably never getting it with the Jets, if we're being honest. But obviously, you know, for Winnipeg, 
They're looking to upgrade not only on the defense, but perhaps in other areas. And in one particular area, there's a, a thought about what Elias Lindholm might cost. And thanks to some recent downturn in the scoring form, maybe it's a lot cheaper than the Jets were thinking. We'll talk about who could potentially be swapped in this deal for Lindholm in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. For me, obviously, Super Bowl Sunday is going to be a little bit more of a bitter experience this year. Um, I got to watch the Ravens lose to, um, oh gosh, the Chiefs, and it was a tough game, right? But you know what? It is what it is. The Super Bowl is still an extremely exciting time. There's a halftime performance that's going to be great. You've got all the commercials. And you know what? It's just nice to spend some family time and watch sports. But FanDuel also has so many ways for you to end the season with a massive W, maybe even two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but you'll also have FanDuel bets for which players score a touchdown, how many points were scored, and so much more. If you're a new customer, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's pretty cool because you have a pretty good shot of winning whatever bet you do place. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up right now. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are uh, talking about some fun stuff with respect to trade deadline stuff and perhaps one name that the Jets have been linked to that, well, frankly, a ton of teams are also being linked to. It's Elias Lindholm. And because Lindholm hasn't really been scoring a lot recently, Suddenly, you know, the market for Elias might not be as expensive as previously thought. Teams were sort of talking, you know, big trade packages earlier, or at least the media was. I suspect the Flames were asking for a King's Ransom at one point. But looking at some of the recent uh, stuff from maybe, I think it was like The Athletic that perhaps put out an article about this. It might have been Murat Atesh, who's very much worth a follow if you like to track the Jets uh, through The Athletic. Um the, the proposal and the trade package that Murat offered up was like a first uh, Chaz Lucius and I think maybe like Mason Appleton, something akin to that. And if that's the price for uh, Lindholm, right, say that's close to the package that ends up getting the deal done. That is a very okay price with me. I feel like in, you know, Lindholm, you're getting a potential guy who might be a legit finishing upgrade to your top six. He could probably boost the power play. I guess the only question with Lindholm is, you know, how much does he really have in the in, in the tank, right? But what I'll say is this. The Jets have had a good way of finding players who maybe underperformed elsewhere or weren't really being utilized in the way that the Jets might, and suddenly they've really exploded. Like, if you look at Nemestikov's numbers, I don't think anyone looked at his production in previous years and thought this guy would be a bonafide second-line center, and yet here Nemestikov has been uh, one of our most successful acquisitions, very underrated. Uh, very productive. And again, he was a very cheap acquisition. No one really looked at it and thought that he would blossom into this role alongside Perfetti and company. So I think in a lot of ways, maybe there's a chance that Lindholm kind of rekindles some of what made him such an effective force early in his Flames tenure and when he was with the Canes. And it's not guaranteed, but you know what? For the price of like a modest prospect uh, who 
quite frankly, has had a really rough injury history and isn't even guaranteed to make the NHL at this point. A first-round pick that's going to be on the lower side. And Mason Appleton, who is a decent third-liner, but somebody who probably can't play away from Lowry, I feel like that is a very fair ask, especially for a trade deadline rental. We're not asking for Lindholm to return long-term. I think resigning him would definitely not be uh, first on the docket for me. I'd prefer to look at other options first. But if you are looking at the center market and you're not really seeing maybe a good deal for Casey Middlestock or something like that, I could definitely be talked into a cheaper package for Lindholm. Now, I don't know that it's going to be enough to get him over the line if that's the actual trade package the Jets put forth. As much as I like Lucius, I, I know that his injury history is definitely on the scary side. An ankle injury, shoulder injuries, really serious stuff that he's had big surgeries on. I don't think that is going to make him a particularly compelling prospect. But, you know, in terms of like a solid pro, Appleton, I think, would definitely fit that role. He seems to be a guy who's good in the room. He's, you know, at this point, an NHL veteran and relatively experienced. Still on the modest, you know, age side. Like, he's not super old. Uh, he's like, what, 27 or 28, around that age. So he'd probably be okay for the Flames to keep around, perhaps even flip at the trade deadline next year. Uh, but, you know, for the Jets... These are assets that they're they're considering to be relatively expendable. If we're starting to push more towards like a Lambert or or a Barlow or something, the Jets really need to be getting something a little bit better in my mind. Uh, and that's not to say that Lindholm is a bad player, but I just feel like if you're going to be giving up higher end prospects, make sure that you get the right return. The Jets could definitely do somebody with term. Uh, I would be willing to pay a huge package for that, although I just don't think many teams would be willing to do that unless they're really desperate to cut bait with a bad contract. But otherwise, you know, for the Jets, make the smart acquisition at the deadline, surprise us all, and, you know, perhaps leverage some of the great futures this team has built up. Because if there's ever been a year to really go for it for the Jets, this is probably the season. Winnipeg is in a great spot to add. They're likely to bank some really good cap space. And Winnipeg has the futures and assets to make a deal without sacrificing the team's own future, right? That, I think, is a key point and something that I think Winnipeg can really come away uh, with a massive victory at the trade deadline. But, you know, has all of this perhaps made you reconsider Lindholm? Are you more interested in him? Drop your thoughts in the comments below about who you're still looking for as a trade rental. You know, who do you want me to talk about on a future episode? We'll probably be doing some TDL coverage this week because uh, obviously the Jets are off for several days. They're not going to be coming back until next week against the Pens, which naturally means you got to find some fun content to talk about. And I don't know that there's anything more pressing than the Jets trade needs. So we'll we'll do a deeper dive on some of the trade targets, perhaps discussed by the media, some players I'm thinking about sort of in the peripheral, and whether or not we might even be able to convince Claude Giroux to leave Ottawa to come to Winnipeg. But like I said, that is going to be all the time for we, uh, all the time for us on tonight's episode. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.